Brewers, they are headed to the postseason. Whether they will be the top wild card or possibly win the division, whether they're going to play game 163 or not, still up in the air. They've got a three-game series against Detroit starting tomorrow, and we're continuing to watch uh, what's going on with this uh, Cubs-Pittsburgh game. Brewers possibly could uh, play the Rockies at some point in the postseason. We'll see uh, what goes down. And uh, to talk about both the Brewers and the Rockies, let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Mark Knutson. Mark, it's always great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm well. I just, can, can it be more exciting than this? I mean, this is just the riveting stuff. At Coors Field, we've been watching the game from the press box with the TV on to the side, and my next game is going back and forth. You know, watching all the good stuff that's going on with the Brew Crew, and so it's this is just it's a great time of year. Yeah, one, we'll get to the Rockies in a second, but you're a former Brewers pitcher. You spent part of six seasons in Milwaukee, starting in uh, 1986, finishing off in 1991. Just for you, and knowing what baseball means to the people of Wisconsin, how much have you enjoyed from afar seeing what this team has been able to do? Well, I mean, it, I mean, all you have to do is watch the video of Bob Uecker last night, and, and that's just. That sums it all up. I, I, I kind of expected roll out the pole, or roll out the barrel to start playing, but um, no, it's just I can't imagine having a better group of people, better group of fans. I mean, I've said all along the best fans I've, I was ever around in my career, the most loyal, the most passionate fan base. Um, not the kind of group, and I'm not, you know, I'm in Colorado when I was born and raised here, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm be honest here. You know, here we we're not as bad as the Dodgers fans, where we show up in the third inning and leave in the seventh, but. It's a, it's a, it's more of a fandom, you know, love baseball, love the Rockies when they're winning, but just love baseball and show up in good numbers for that reason. But, but mostly it's, it's just the game as opposed to the team where obviously that's not the case. In Milwaukee Hills are true blue Brewer fans. They're some of the best people I've ever been around. And this is awesome for them. And it's awesome for the city. We've talked about before you remembering a very, very young Craig Council many years ago. You've known him for a while. For him to accomplish this and and be getting to the postseason as a manager for the first time, uh, what does that that say for you? Well, you know, I've told people, Craig and I used to play catch before games uh, when he was, when John, obviously, you know, John Council, his father was working for the team and Craig was out on the field with us uh, before batting practice and play catch with him and John was, you know, my son's going to go to Notre Dame. Or okay, whatever, John. And you know, lo and behold, Craig went to Notre Dame. And uh, Craig, ever since I've known Craig, he's always been somebody that uh, was very focused, very uh, steel-minded on what he wanted. And there was a lot of, it's not a lot of style of substance or flair there. It's all substance. It's always what we're going to do every time we visit. When he comes to Coors Field, it's the same thing, same demeanor. Players love that. Players love coaches that aren't too high, too low, you know, we won, you guys lost. Because, face it, when you play professional baseball for a long period of time, you play for guys like that. You play for guys, uh, who, good guys and guys you don't like, want to be around because they're either in it all for themselves or they're, you know, too emotional or whatever. You really appreciate it. A player's manager is sometimes somebody that people think you get to walk all over. Oh, he decides to the players, you know, it's, loose, it's a loosey-goosey all that. The players manager is somebody who treats you the same whether you're going good, whether you're going bad. He'll explain things to you. You know, Tom Treblehorn was like that when, when I was in Milwaukee and Craig's just like Treb. And I think um, it, it resonates through the clubhouse. When I'm in the Brewers clubhouse, when they're here at Coors Field, you can feel the good vibes. You can feel that they're, they're on the same page. They're, they're moving in the same direction and um, they're, they're happy to be there. There's, there's no sense. Of, you've been in some clubhouses, Matt, where it feels dire. It feels 
doom, gloomy and doomy. And I got, I mean, when the Brewers were here for four games early in the year, I was astonished at, the, at that atmosphere in the clubhouse. Some people say you can't maintain that all year. It's just too much, you know, too much emotion. I, obviously, they have. You watch the way they play. They play that way. And uh, I couldn't be more happy for Craig. He totally deserves everything good that's happening with it. Former Brewers pitcher Mark Knutson joining us. Mark, are you having fun with the fact that I think it's a pretty easy argument to make right now that the two teams in the National League who are playing the best baseball at this moment are uh, the Brewers and the Rockies, and that's kind of cool to say. Oh, absolutely. It is. And you being from, from, you know, having spent time here in Colorado Springs, you understand what that means around here. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's fun. They're certainly right now the two hottest teams in baseball. The Rockies won again today, take a full game lead on the Dodgers. So, uh, you know, they've won seven in a row now. They've they got the Nationals coming in here for three games. We're still not sure if Max Scherzer is going to pitch on Sunday or not. I've got to believe that it's a, if it's a game that impacts the pennant races, that the Nationals will have to pitch Max Scherzer. Um, I would love to see the man pitch again. So, um, yeah, it, it's all – I mean, the fact that nothing's been settled, the fact that – and you and I tweeted last night, who wouldn't love to see a Dodgers-Cubs wild card game? Yeah. That's what we all want. That's what everybody's rooting for. Those two – Listen, I, I think the world of Joe Madden. I've known Joe for a long time. I think he's a great guy. But there's a little bit of stuffed shirt going on with the Cubs fans and the Cubs, right? And, and that's, and that's the, the total only way to, do, to, you know, to describe the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, in every capacity. So, see, those two teams, those two franchises faced with a, a do-or-die you know, game seven, one-game scenario would be awesome theater. We all hope that's what happens. Um, I certainly hope that. Um, the Brewers win the Central, and uh, you know I don't. I haven't followed what's going on with the Pirates tonight, but uh, I, I'm obviously pulling for the Brewers. And, uh, that would be fantastic. The the Rocky story over the last couple weeks is really. It's an interesting one because they go and they get swept by the Dodgers, and when they're playing the Dodgers, man, they suffered some heartbreaking losses, and the Dodgers moved into first place during that period. At that point, I think most people, myself included, Mark. Most people at that point said, okay, the Rockies are not going to win the division, and at this point it's looking unlikely that they're even going to make it into the postseason. And since that Dodgers season or, or series, they have gone on an incredible run. This has been a this has been a remarkable last, what, week, week and a half, whatever it's been since yeah, that Dodgers I'll, series. I'll take, it back, take it back a little bit longer. They had a 7-3 homestand. went on the road trip. On the Friday night in San Francisco, they got shut out by Chris Stratton. Now, no offense to Chris Stratton, but you're not talking about Cy Young, right? And they got two-hit shot in San Francisco by Chris Stratton. Lost again the next day, got shot two days in a row. Found a way to win a game on Sunday. Then went to L.A. and got swept three games in a row. One and five road trip. They looked awful at that point. They looked like they were dead in the water. However, we were looking at the schedule and we're saying, listen, the Cardinals still have to play three games with the Brewers and three games with the Cubs. If you come home and do well, you can get that wild card. It, it, maybe get that Monday play-in game before you play the one-game playoffs. So I don't think anybody here gave up hope they could get into the playoffs. Everybody at that point rode off the division. Then they go in and sweep the Diamondbacks. Then they come home very hot and they sweep the, uh, uh, sweep the, the, uh, the, the uh, Phillies. It, it's just been remarkable to turn around. But that has also been a microcosm of the Rockies' season. They've been doing this all year long. They've been hot and cold, up and down. They haven't been the least bit consistent in any phase of the, base of the, of the game. Um, they're probably here's some weird things to think about, Matt. And you've been you were here. You've seen a lot of these guys play in the minor leagues. This is going to be the first time in 26 seasons of existence for the Rockies that they probably don't have a guy finish the season hitting above 300. Hmm. Uh, one guy in the regular guy in their lineup will be hitting 300. The only there on the team 296 right now. He'd have to have a great uh, last few games, and he's hurt. He's playing hurt, and 
no one knows the extent of that injury, but he's just not hitting the ball very well right now. So they're not going to finish the year with a three. They're not going to leave the new league in hitting like they normally do because of, you know, the advantages of getting base hitting force field. Their starting pitching is carrying them. And that's never been the case here. Um, and those young kids have stepped up and, and just pitched lights out most of the season. Um, even the games they lost on that road trip to LA, Freeland pitched first shot toe to toe. Uh, Marcus lost a two nothing game. These guys have been fantastic. And the starters, and it's been a very strange Rocky season, but um, nothing stranger than the turn on the last two weeks. Well, let me finish you off with this. You're an old school baseball guy. You played oh. uh, in the in the '80s and, and into the early '90s. I you've talked about before. Nolan Arenado needs rest. He's going to be at his best when he's resting. Here in Milwaukee, Christian Yelich got a rest day, and the fans went crazy, and he he earned uh-huh. it. And Jesus Aguilar needed yep. rest, and, and fans didn't like it. As as things have changed in baseball, you personally, when did you maybe start shifting your view on it to say, okay, these guys playing 150, 155 games doesn't make sense. It makes more sense for them to go and get rest a little bit more often. Well, it depends on the individual for one thing. You have to it's how you go about your business. But Troy Tudelitsky was here for a long time, and Troy was is the kind of guy who he takes everything on his own shoulders. He wants to carry the team. Sometimes he's squeezing that bat so hard you think it's going to turn into sawdust. And he's putting so much pressure on himself that it's not just playing innings, it's playing high-stress innings, self-created high-stress innings. And Nolan's that way, too. Nolan's not quite to the extent Tulo is, but Nolan's a guy that wants, carries everything. He doesn't, he's fidgety. He doesn't know how to sit still. He doesn't do well in taking days off. So he's talking Bud Black out of that. But Joe Madden and Dave Roberts have both done this all year long. They've both rested their regulars, moved guys around. I heard Ben Zobrist on MLB Radio yesterday talking about, I know Joe's going to give me a day, a day off every four or five days. And that, in the middle of the season, matters at the end of the season because those guys have to stay spread. You have to have something left in your tank at the end of the year. And Craig, Craig knows what he's doing. Given Christian Illich, who, by the way, if he doesn't win the MVP, there should be a federal and FBI investigation. That, that would be the biggest ripoff in maybe ever since Christian McCaffrey got the Heisman Trophy stolen from him. Um, those guys, they, they're human beings. They need, need rest. They need breaks. And if you do it strategically, if you're going to face – I don't know, I'll just pick it, you know, Kershaw or Bumgarner, one of these tough left-handers, and you can give Yelich a day off, do it. Give him a day off. You've got to be able to trust the guy that's coming in behind him to play well that day. And in the Rockies' case, they have Ryan McMahon, who's come up the bench and hit some big pinch hit home runs for him, against, especially against the Dodgers, and played well when he's had it. He's not Nolan Arenado. He's not going to play that caliber third base every game. But once every 10 days, yeah, you've got to do that. And I think moving forward, Bud's seen that. I think Bud Black, I think he realizes it. Craig saw it, knows it. You've got to spell these guys, give them, some, get them off their feet. And it's not just about the days they take. They have an off day. Because you know what? If they have an off day, the wife has something to do. Or they've got a golf term or something they got to do. An off day where you're not playing. You're sitting there watching and you're observing and you're kind of getting a different perspective on things. And you can exhale a little bit. It's good for every single player. Maybe it wasn't good for Cal Ripken, but it's good for everybody else. And I think I tip my hat to Craig the way he handled it this year. Mark, uh, great stuff as always. It's going to be a fun final right, weekend. Man. We'll see what happens. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again real soon. You got it. Take care. Go Brew Crew.